I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I know what you're thinking. How did we find enough dark moments in Star Trek Deep Space Nine to fill a list? It's so light and bouncy. And with that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 12 darkest Star Trek Deep Space Nine moments. Number 12. Kira learns about Dukat and her mother. Wrongs darker than death or night. Oh look, it's time to make Kira Narice miserable. Must be a day with a Y in it. On the night of her mother's birthday, Goldicott, a man whose last long ago mysteriously fell out of a window, calls up Kira and reveals a hot little tidbit about him and her mother, namely that they slept together a lot. Kira obviously calls BS on this, but she can't be sure, so she uses the orb of time to find out the truth. Kira finally gets to have a real conversation with her long-dead mother, and what she learns during that conversation is even worse than she imagined. Kira's mother didn't just sleep with Dukat, she was his personal comfort woman. And the worst part? She admits to her daughter's face that while initially forced into the arrangement, she ended up enjoying every minute. She gets to live in luxury and never have to worry about where her next meal is, and all she has to do is get Dukat's rocks off. To her, that was too good a deal to pass up. This is one of the most earth-shattering moments for Kira, as every illusion she had about her mother is broken, shot, and left to bleed out on the side of the road. Number 11. We're everywhere. The Adversary. Plenty of shows like to end certain seasons on dark cliffhangers, but few of them get as harrowing as the last moments of The Adversary. The third season is where we get our first glimpses of Odo's people, the Changelings, who are also known as the founders of the Dominion. And the season finale is where the crew of DS9 figures out just what they're up against. Throughout the episode, a changeling infiltrator almost tears the entire ship apart by turning the crew against each other, demonstrating how easy it is for just one changeling to infiltrate and gum up the works of the Federation by making officers kill each other. Odo manages to bring down the changeling, but the moment that makes it onto this entry is the last message of the changeling to his traitorous brother. We're everywhere. Those last words, being the last moments of the season, leave viewers with a haunting realisation. The Dominion is already making their move. They know everything about the Federation and how to wreak havoc within their ranks, and it may already be too late to stop them. Number 10. Garrick tortures Odo. The die is cast. If there's any one thing that separates Deep Space Nine from its peers within the franchise is that it's nowhere near as optimistic about people as other Trek shows. Garrick is one of the more interesting characters on the show, as everyone kinda knows that he's an ex-spy living out his time eking a living as a tailor on DS9. With a big smile and his affable presence, he's a mainstay of the promenade enjoying lunch with Dr. Bashir. But of course, that doesn't mean Garrick isn't capable of horrible 
unusual things, as seen in the Dias cast. Long story short, Garrick's old bosses, the Obsidian Order, wish to welcome him back into the fold, which of course means the chance for him to finally return home, something Garrick wants more than anything. The catch, he must torture Odo for information on the Dominion. Despite knowing that Odo has already confessed everything he knows, so torture would get nothing, Garrick's wish to finally return home overrides his morals and he proceeds with the torture. We get to see Garrick turn into a frightened, self-loathing person and the collected, dignified Odo reduced to a shivering, scared child over the course of the episode. This moment gave the audience a much-needed reminder that Garrick's smile may be genuine, but at the end of it all, he'll choose Cardassia over the Federation any day of the week. Number 9. Benny's Breakdown far beyond the stars. Star Trek has always been socially conscious and steeped in politics. That's what's always set it apart from its sci-fi contemporaries, especially at the time when the original series came out. And one of the absolute best episodes to bring that socially conscious mindset to the forefront was far beyond the stars. This episode finds Sisko, for various reasons, experiencing a lifetime where Benjamin Sisko is Benny Russell, a science fiction author from 1950s America facing the challenges that black creators faced just trying to get their work published. Over the course of the episode, we see him face obstacle after obstacle, all because he's a black man writing a story where a black man is the lead. Eventually, it all becomes too much for Benny and the man has a breakdown. The editor of the magazine pulps that month's issue just so the Benjamin Sisko story won't be seen by the public. Benny Russell has tried so long staying calm for these people, but all that got him was further underfoot. He knows nothing he says can change things at this point, but what he has to say needed to be let out, for it had been all building up in him for all of his life. It's a haunting teardown of systemic racism and oppression, made all the more painful by Avery Brooks being the best leading actor in Star Trek history and turning in a defining performance. Number 8. Kira Talks with Odo things past. Deep Space Nine is known for many things, but one thing it's definitely accrued a claim for is its ability to end an episode on the most hurtful note imaginable. Case in point, the ending to things past. In this episode, the crew are telepathically transported back to the past where the Cardassians still owned Deep Space Nine, but Odo was still the chief of security. During this time, they find out one of Odo's darkest secrets, that, during this period, he sentenced innocent people to die. The end of the episode sees Kira going to talk with Odo to find out why he would do so. Such a thing. Odo is a hard ass, but he's always done the right thing despite orders in the past, so why would he sanction the execution of three innocent civilians? In the end, neither one walks away satisfied. Kira doesn't get her answers, and Odo knows he's lost a lot of trust from one of his dearest friends. All they can do is acknowledge that it happened and to try and do better in the future, because in the end, that's all we can ever do. Number 7. The Jem'Hadar knowingly walk into an ambush. Rocks and Shoals. How far would someone take their code of conduct and honour? Probably not quite as far as the Jem'Hadar do in Rocks and Shoals. This episode has Sisko and company being trapped on a deserted planet with a bunch of Jem'Hadar and their wounded Vorta. When the Vorta Kivan gives himself up as a POW to save his own skin, he informs them of the perfect way to ambush and eliminate their enemies. However, Sisko finds this act of callously sacrificing one's own men to be, well, callous. So he informs the Jem'Hadar of what their Vorta plans, but due to their code of honour, they choose to walk into the ambush anyway. The plan goes off without a hitch, leading to one of the most brutally one-sided fights in the entire show. Every one of the Jem'Hadar soldiers are killed in the ensuing firefight. The most infuriating part of all of it, though, is the simple sight of Kivan gingerly stepping over the corpses of his own men after the fighting is done. What a bastard. Number 6. O'Brien is implanted with 20 years of prison life. Hard time. 
When Miles O'Brien is falsely accused of espionage by the Argrathian government, instead of getting thrown into prison like a caged animal, they decide to try something different. But make no mistake, different doesn't necessarily mean any less cruel. Their process is simple. Instead of making him live 20 years in prison, they simply convince him that's what they did by implanting perfect memories of spending 20 years locked away in an Argrathian gulag. As far as Miles knows, he just got out of prison that same day. As you can imagine, the true cruelty comes when he finds his friends and family not a day older than when he left, making his already frayed mental state basically fall apart completely. It's a genuinely harrowing scene as the most obsessively in control character, potentially next to Odo, turns into a PTSD-stricken, barely functional man right before our eyes, to the point where he can barely even be around his own family. And of course, Colomini knocks every second of it out of the bloody park. Number five, Kira talks with Goldar Heel duet. Season 1 of Deep Space Nine, like almost all of the Star Trek shows, had its rough edges. Regardless, you would be hard pressed to find a better mission statement as to what this iteration of the franchise was going to be all about than duet, and this scene in particular. Kira has just learned that Deep Space Nine has caught the biggest of big fish, Goldar Heel, known among Bajorans as the Butcher of Galatep. He was a work camp leader who slaughtered thousands of Bajorans during his tenure. Kira goes to talk to this man, and what she finds is even worse than what she already expected. Goldar Heel already has no remorse, and he sees what he did as a service in itself to ridding the universe of as much Bajoran filth as he could. The talk between these two characters is nothing short of uncomfortable, as Kira has to look pure evil in the eyes and hear it laugh at her attempts to understand it. Which of course makes the ultimate twist of what's actually going on all the more haunting. Number 4. Quark tears into Cisco, The Siege of AR-558 Quark is not what any sane man might call a good person, per se, but he definitely had his moments in giving the crew a much-needed slap in the face. This moment comes from the episode The Siege of AR-558, where Sisko and the Defiant crew try to help out the eponymous station, which is under siege from the Jem'Hadar, with Quark and, arguably, Nog caught in the middle. Throughout the entire series, Quark's only one true redeeming quality has been his unconditional love for his nephew. So, when the fight turns especially ugly and Nog gets seriously injured, Quark finds himself overcome with righteous fury. Quark proceeds to tear into Sisko for jumping so recklessly into a battle like this when he had a goddamn child on a ship who would inevitably get hurt. He drags the Federation's my way or the highway gung-ho attitude through the mud where it belongs. It's a very short moment, but it's nothing short of defining for this character. When Quark is calling you out on your BS, you know you've screwed up big time. Number three, Jake watches a soldier die, nor the battle to the strong. Now, speaking of children in battle, everyone is a badass until the bullets actually start flying, and no one better embodies this than Jake Sisko. When Jake and Bashir go to help out an outpost under Klingon siege, Jake, seeing the horrors of true combat for the first time, runs off in fear, leaving Bashir behind. When he takes a break from the fleeing, he finds a soldier slowly dying in the dirt. After talking a bit, Jake finally reveals what he did to the soldier, just as he starts actually dying. The soldier spends his last moments chastising the young Jake, telling him that he can't just write off running away and leaving behind a comrade as a mere mistake, and that life doesn't work like that. The entire episode is basically about the adorable young Jake Sisko being forced to grow up by the ravages of war, having his every illusion of heroism and glory irreparably shattered before our very eyes, and it's all personified in a single moment where a soldier spends his last moments in this universe calling Jake out for being a coward. Number 2. Ducat's Breakdown, Waltz. 
By about mid-season 6, Skuldicott was not having a particularly fun time. His empire had been shattered, his mental state had gone off the rails and rolled off a cliff, and his beloved daughter Torazial was dead. This is usually around the point where any other show would cut the guy a break because, I mean, come on. But of course, Deep Space Nine instead said, actually, no, he hasn't hit rock bottom quite yet, let's fix that. In one of the best episodes of the sixth season, Waltz, Cisco and an imprisoned Ducat crash land on a desert planet, forced to rely on each other to survive, which Cisco finds increasingly hard as he realises he's stuck on an empty planet with a crazy person. Throughout the episode, Ducat slowly goes more and more mad as everything he did to the Bajorans is finally laid out before him, leading up to a final breakdown where his excuses for everything he did finally disintegrate before our eyes and he admits just how much he truly loathed the Bajorans as a species and how he really should have just killed them all. For a season or two there, it really looked like Guldicott would end up on the side of good, but Deep Space Nine, always the show that made the harder narrative choice, instead reminded its audience that the only good fascist is a dead one. Number one, Cisco's Logs in the pale moonlight. What happens when a good man is forced to make genuinely horrible decisions? What happens when there just isn't a right way to resolve a conflict? What happens when that good man learns just how good he isn't after all? All of these questions are front and centre in the darkest moment of Deep Space Nine in the pale moonlight. The entire episode could make it onto this list as separate entries, but Sisko's personal logs as he explains and attempts to justify his plan to instigate a conflict between the Romulans and the Dominion stands out in particular. Despite everything the Dominion is doing, and how important it is that they are stopped, we see Cisco break every personal code he has, compromise his every moral, and again and again he tries to explain to us, as well as himself, that it was all necessary. This is, by far, the best performance by Avery Brooks in this show, as you can see the conflict in his eyes, feel it in his voice. This is a man who knows what this is turning him into, but is utterly powerless to stop it, or even worse yet, maybe he's totally okay with what he's turning into. This episode isn't just dark, it's dark in a way every other Star Trek show has been too chicken to be. Cisco isn't being assimilated into the Borg, he isn't being mind-controlled, nothing to cop out with. This is just a good man being exposed to war and buckling under the moral strain. What else could top this list? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. 
Ashley for the love of home.